is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Happy December. It's your radio sisters, Rachel here with Bo and Ellie, and you know what time it is. Oh, yeah. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Yeah. <laughs> your sister squad is ready to take you on a journey today. That's right, Allie. Well, today you're going to hear about some new holiday music for your playlist. You'll hear about a new book by an iconic rock and roll photographer about an iconic rock and roll figure. Yep, and a new inspirational show for you guys to check out. So girls, let's usher in those guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're gonna have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Well, up first, you guys are gonna hang out with vocal group 98 Degrees. Well, Jeff Timmons, one of the founding members of 98 Degrees, is here to tell you all about their brand new holiday album, Let It Snow. Now, this chart-topping foursome have sold over 15 million records and is currently on a 31-city tour. Jeff is here today to tell you about how the guys have grown and matured together, and they've kept the harmony through it all. So spend some quality time with Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees today. Rachel, who's next? And then you'll meet Matthew Ferracci, who has a brand new season of the show, Frankly Ferracci, which airs on the Dove Channel. Now, this show features inspirational interviews with celebrities. And if Hollywood has got you down lately with all the shenanigans happening, there are a lot of inspirational stories in Hollywood as well. Matthew Ferracci highlights those, and you'll hear about some of the upcoming guests on Frankly Ferracci. Well, then we change gears a little bit with legendary rock and roll photographer, Mick Rock. Now, he's known as the photographer who captured the 70s. You're going to hear all about a project he worked on with the late, great Lou Reed. Now, this book is being reissued with some extra goodies. You're going to get the full picture of the making of this book that chronicles the life of Lou Reed. And Mick also gives the behind-the-scenes scoop on some details of Lou's life that you might find surprising. And he also gives some details on David Bowie, another rock icon who he photographed a lot and was friends with. And later on in the show, you're going to hear a song you're just going to have to add to your holiday playlist. This is a rockin' version of Run Run Rudolph by singer-songwriter Dan Rogers and famed session singer Becca Bramlett. Hear all about the collaboration of this reimagined holiday classic, and these guys have a lot of fun together, so I think you're going to feel that vibe as well. Okay, guys, so it's December. Christmas is right around the corner. Allie, you've been doing quite a bit of shopping lately. Yes, I'm so proud of myself because for the first time, I have a head start on the shopping, but I have made one mistake. (laughs) Just one. That's not bad. (laughs) Okay, so my son has a 3DS, and I wanted to order him Minecraft for the 3DS, and I did this on Amazon, and it came in the mail, and I realized that I accidentally ordered it for the Xbox. Okay. So I was going to run gaming system. Yes, I was going to return it, but I don't know about you guys. It just seems like such a hassle to, you know, go through all of that. I'm just probably a lazy online shopper. (laughs) So you guys, I've already asked my sisters and nobody has a Xbox 360. And so I thought that I would share this gift with one of you. 
So we did open the package, but it's never been used. But I thought that the first person to write us at the Mulberry Lane Show at gmail.com that would like the Minecraft game for the Xbox 360, we will mail this out to you. Spreading a little holiday cheer because of the Mulberry Girls errors. Wait, wait a minute, <laughs> Allie. I have a feeling that I'm going to be the one to mail this out because you were too lazy to mail it back to Amazon for a refund. So I think I'm going to be the one to mail it out to whoever writes okay, to Mulberrylane Show at gmail.com. So whoever gets this, you have to know that Allie's giving it away, but Rachel's mailing it. <laughs> it's a group effort. And Bo will put the bow on it. <laughs> so once again, be the first to email the Mulberry Lane Show at gmail.com and say you want the Xbox 360 Minecraft game. All right, guys, we'll be right back with Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Brad Finnegan Dermatology. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, the guys of 98 Degrees are taking it down to a chill 32 degrees this holiday season with their new album, Let It Snow. Now, this Grammy-nominated, internationally acclaimed, multi-platinum selling group has sold over 15 million albums and is currently on a 31-city tour. Now, Jeff Timmons, one of the founding members, is here with you right now to chat about their musical journey and the way that these four have kept the harmony and soul in the band throughout the years. It's time to chill with 98 degrees, rhythm, soul, and harmony. Wow, what an introduction. I really appreciate that. Well, congrats on your success as well. I mean, uh, to be able to do things as a group and be sisters and travel all over the world like you guys have done is uh, pretty incredible. So I'm honored to be on the show. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Great to have you. Okay, so now you guys, 98 Degrees, you've never broken up. You've gone on hiatus. So what factors into the decision to take on a new project? It's our 20th anniversary. We've enjoyed each other's company and touring together in the last six years. I mean, I think we came back five, six years ago uh, touring on the package tour with New Kids on the Block and Boys the Man. And uh-huh. then after that, we went on a, on our own tour last summer called the My 2K Tour, which was really enjoyable. And we thought what would be better than maybe, you know, we had extraordinary success with our first holiday album. And it's 18 years later, we thought, let's do a volume two to match that <laughs> first one. And, and now we're on tour again, and we're having a blast. I mean, we're pleasantly surprised at this turnout for the tour because it's quite different than your traditional concert. It's more of a theatrical setting. Okay. Performing Arts Theater, we're the only act on it. It has intermission, and it's an altogether more intimate show. So we're pleasantly surprised. The fans have turned out, and they've been amazing. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. So now talk about a few other differences between touring, you know, 18 years ago and now. Well, first of all, we all have families, so that's quite a bit different. You uh-huh. know, none of us are none of us are singling and mingling anymore. Right. All, you know, <laughs> well, with the exception of Justin, you know, we're living vicariously through him. But yeah, okay. we, uh, we're all married with kids, and our lifestyles are all together different. A couple of years ago, we each had our own bus and brought our families on, and that was pretty tough. You know, it's tough on the kids and strange hours and yeah. and all that good stuff. But it was thoroughly enjoyable. I mean, everybody had a blast. We got to go to fifty different cities and experience things that normal kids don't get to right. get to experience. So that was uh-huh. nice. But you know, look, we're back on the bus together. I think now it's just a little less raucous and crazy, but we, we still have a lot of fun. I bet. How have you managed to continue to get along through the years, or has there been ups and downs in that? Uh, of course. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, we do. Family, <laughs> just sisters, and you were in business together and. 
they're like brothers. I mean, we're like a family, and you know, you go through ups and downs as a family, and then the family that works together, you go through the rigors of uh, this business, which is very tough. But right. through the years, you adopt uh, to everybody's personalities. You understand people when they need space or their intricacies or whatever. And I think as we grow older, we're just more mature. We have a lot more respect and mutual respect uh-huh. uh, for each other. So, now, how do you deal with like creative differences? Because I can imagine, you know, you might be in the mood for a solo project, but then maybe a few of the guys want to get together. How do you sort out all of that so everybody gets to kind of do what they want to do personally, but yet still keep the group in focus? That's a great question. We've always managed to kind of find the proper balance. I mean, after being on the road for six years straight, you know, we were all sick of each other. We wanted to get away from each other, do our own thing. We uh-huh. did that for quite a while and develop our own careers and our families. And now that we've come back, we just figure out when we can do stuff together, when our schedules permit. And if not, we go on and do things on our own. Okay. Um, when we get the studio, you know, we've always vibed and respected each other's talents. It's not always, you know, completely seamless, but we definitely have a, a way to solve our creative differences in a very amicable way and in a constructive way, which is really, we're, we're really lucky. Yeah, we're yeah. really lucky we've been able to do that. Yeah. Right, because that's kind of rare. Not everybody can. So, right. Now let's talk about Let It Snow. When you record now, do you guys all get in the studio <laughs> together or do you, you know, record where you guys are at and, you know, share the tracks and how does it work for you guys? Well, well this one was quite different than the others. So we all have very different schedules right now and living in different places. So I don't think all of us were in the same studio more than a couple times, you know. Okay. And, and technology nowadays, you don't have to be. So you can go in, cut a bunch of songs, you know, go edit the vocals, trade files online, you know, mm-hmm. vibe out like that and send constructive criticisms or creative changes that way. So we did it in a pretty efficient way. We feel like the body of work is pretty impressive. We're happy with it and feel that it's comparable to the first Christmas album. How do you decide on songs? We each came up with a list of our favorite songs, okay. sent them around, and, you know, anybody that was uh, strongly opposed to them, those were automatically crossed off the list, and then we found ones we mutually agreed on pretty quickly, and then, you know, the producers that we worked with were amazing, and they had their own input on some things they thought we would shine on, songs like The River and, and things like that, which turned out to be a fantastic, one of the best songs of the record. Okay. And do you have a favorite? It keeps changing. Obviously, the single season of Love is pretty cool. It's a little bit different. It's upbeat. It's definitely contemporary, and it sends a message of, you know, you can spread the love and keep the vibe out, not just during the holiday season, all year round. So, I mean, I think the message with that song is really great. But there's several songs on there that I feel strongly about. I think the arrangements, especially the acapella stuff, really has us shine vocally. And, you know, they're just overall very, very happy with the album. There's a lot of diversity on there. There's a Beach Boys cover. There's a Chuck Berry cover. All of the different genres of music kind of covered in this one piece of work, and we're very happy with it. That's neat. You're listening to Jeff Timmons of Harmony Supergroup 98 Degrees here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When you guys originally came out, you guys put yourselves together, you were, you know, working together as a, you know, vocal group among a bunch of bands that were put together by producers, but you guys were the real deal. So how did you differentiate yourself? Was that a difficult time? Because everyone probably assumed you were another boy band. I mean, at first it was a little bit difficult. I mean, certainly those other groups, although they were put together, are the real deal. I mean, you know, several talented guys in those groups, but, uh, and we have a, a ton of respect for them as well, but... No, we put ourselves together, and, you know, look, we based ourselves on harmony-based music. We were heavily influenced by Motown, that sound, you know, primarily Boys and Men, and groups like Take Six, and, of course, there was some doo-wop influence in there. We were signed to Motown, so we kind of considered ourselves a vocal group, and at first we shied away from that boy band moniker, but, I mean, you can't complain about being lumped in with extraordinarily successful bands like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC that are known all over the world, selling millions of records, so we sort of uh, took it in and was happy to be a part of that whole ride and that whole uh, genre. 
Uh Okay, yeah. You know, you do have a family, and I know things have been really busy for you. You know, whenever you come out with a new album, you know, there's always the promotion and everything that goes along with it. So how do you decide at this point in your life what you say yes to and what you say no to? That's a great question, and I, and I think you're just a little bit more selective. You know, in the past, we used to do everything, anything and everything. You know, we knew that there was tons of competition, and it, you know, it was our shot, and, you know, we're definitely a blue-collar type of group where we work really hard. Uh-huh. So we did everything. I think nowadays, not everything depends on 98 degrees. We all have different things that we're doing, and it, it's always family first. So, you know, we're a little bit more selective on it. We're fortunate enough that we get to see our families quite a bit on the road. My family was with us during Thanksgiving, and we got to be a part of the Macy's Day Parade, and that whole uh-huh. East Coast run. And right. you know, Nick's been flying back and forth and seeing his family. Drew's family was with him as well during the holiday. So we're able to balance it. I mean, I can't complain about any of it. It's all worked out great. You know, for us to be still uh, accepted and embraced and being able to live our dream and thrive with our passion 20 years later is a true blessing. And yeah. to have your family around and be able to find that balance is great. It's amazing, yeah. And I have a, I've got an amazing wife. She takes care of business when I'm not home. Between the two of us, we have five kids that we take care of. And you wow. know, when I'm on the road, she's sort of over there doing that job, you know, as well as being a mom and, and taking care of things on the home front. So lucky to have her. When you're on tour like that, it does. It takes a full support system to get the job done. That's right. You all know how it is. I mean, if you don't have the support in your personal life, it's really hard to get anything accomplished. So I'm very, very lucky and fortunate in that respect. Right. And that you found her. I have one final question. How do you guys stay well, especially being a Harmony Group touring during flu and cold season? I got to tell you, we've been struggling with this this whole tour. I've sort of had a little bug this entire yeah. this entire tour so far. I've been sick the whole time. I've been trying everything. The apple cider vinegar. The, uh, you know, we've been doing the Z packs and make all those packs and yes. trying to get as much sleep as we can. And you know, look during the holidays, it's sometimes tough, but finally starting to recover from all that stuff. Yeah, it's good. so hard. Yeah, yeah it's hard stay to stay well. It really is hard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Jeff, we want to thank you so much for visiting with us, and we'd love to have you back in the next 98 Degrees Project or Solo Project. Thank you so much for taking the time. I totally appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Jeff. That's Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees. Check out Let It Snow. When we come back, the next season of the show, Frankly Farachi on the Dove Channel, hosted by Matthew Farachi, where he interviews Hollywood stars about faith and family. Get an inside look next here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Be right back. This is the season, the season of love. It's got me believing. Got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, tired of all the sordid stories out of Hollywood? Well, check out the new season of Matthew Farachi's show, Frankly Farachi, on the Dove Channel, where he sits down with Hollywood stars who have put family and faith first in their lives. Matthew is here now to give you a behind-the-scenes scoop of the brand new season. Matthew Farachi on the show. Frankly, Farachi, ready, set, here we go. <laughs> I love the way you guys do this. You know, 
my first interview of uh, the last season was with the piano guy. And uh, unfortunately, our audio guy did not have us mic'd up at the time. Uh -huh. So I'm standing on the stage with them, and they were doing a sound check. And in the middle of it, they created this, like, frankly, Farachi jazz song. <laughs> and it was amazing. And then they did, like, a hip-hop thing. Yeah. And then I was like, did we record that? No, we weren't oh, rolling. Oh, you didn't it. get it. Do you go to them personally, or how do you get some of them to come on the show? Like? God. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it is. It, it is a lot of prayer and God putting me in places to be able to ask. But yes, it's usually getting to the talent directly. And okay. what I found is if you ask the talent directly, because faith is their most important thing in their life, they always say to me, absolutely, I want to do that. And then they go back to their people and say, here's Matthew. I want to do this interview. This is not will we do it. It's when we will do it and make it happen. And when you get that kind of a direct order, it's a little bit of a different game. Yeah, and you know what's so interesting about that is, you know how you said that maybe the press doesn't like to cover the people who have faith, but it also sounds like their own press people and their own managers also like to not put it out there. No, there's institutional bias against faith. There's right. no question. I mean, we had an issue this season where a major publication didn't run a story about the season coming out, and I was surprised because I work with them all the time. And I called the reporter and I said, just level with me, what's the reason? And he said, it's biased. They don't want to write about what you're doing. Right. They you don't know? even want to cover just, it. Yep. He said, it's just plain bias. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the amazing people that we were able to get. Yes. Okay. So uh, give us a few examples of pretty exciting guests you have. So right now you can see on DoveChannel.com, you can see Harry Connick Jr. in his first ever extended interview about faith and family. He's thoughtful. He's amazing. Then coming up, we have Cedric the Entertainer and Steve Harvey. Okay, and yeah. uh, we have Atticus Schaefer from ABC's show The Middle. Okay. And Candace Cameron Bure, formerly from The View and the star of Netflix's Fuller House. Right. Um, Adam Wainwright, the star pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, who's work off the mound is more important to him than his work on the mound. Wow. Uh, Corbin Burnson from every TV show ever. Right. Uh, <laughs> and really surprised one, a guy named Ron Johnson, who created the Apple Store and the Genius Bar. He worked directly for Steve Jobs. Okay. And he talks about how the Apple Store is built on faith principles. That's why it feels so right. <laughs> and uh, reveals his conversations with Steve Jobs about faith. Wow. And it's jaw-dropping. That is really fascinating. So how'd you get him? Yeah, again, one of those connections through a connection through a connection. But actually, I first discovered him because 
he spoke at this thing called the Silicon Valley Prayer Breakfast, and I was like, wait a minute, Silicon Valley Prayer Breakfast, that's all in <laughs> the same sentence? Right. You know, like, wait a minute, what? That just didn't compute to me. But today, Harry's episode is on Dub Channel currently, and it's very relevant because he's talking about, for example, what can people of faith do to heal a hurting and divided country? Oh. And I think everybody needs to know about that. Certainly. Mm-hmm. In the times we're in now. So is the whole interview about faith? Yeah. I mean, that's all it's about. Because okay. that's the thing is, I see these people and they get interviews on all kinds of things. And it's kind of an interview slash documentary because we do a lot of like, we'll do an experience with each person. So with Attica Schaefer, he and I went skeet shooting. Cedric and I met at his celebrity golf tournament. We tooled around in a golf cart and went from hole to hole and hung out. And the idea is to get a really an authentic sense of who the person is. Cedric talks a lot about how his faith informs his comedy. And also, in his case, he does a ton of nonprofit work. And this is not like for PR. For Cedric, he feels like he has been given this platform as a movie star uh-huh. simply to use that to go bless people. And that's really, when he gets out of bed in the morning, what he's thinking about is like, how are all my different nonprofit efforts doing? How can we improve? How can we do better? When you see Cedric talk about it, that's what lights him up the most, is the opportunity to be a blessing to people. This is not the story you're going to read or see anywhere else. It just doesn't get out there. It's refreshing to hear about. So now, who does editing? Dove Channel has an amazing production crew that shoots this stuff and edits it, and they do all that. I just uh, You just, I just do the interview. Up. So do you have a say in editing at all? or? Well, I'm, of course I make comments on things that I see, but the way that I do the show is I spend about a minimum of usually 15 to 25 hours researching each guest, mm-hmm. and my goal is before I meet them, I want to feel like I know them and know every detail of their life. And then when I talk to them, it's more like a conversation. Uh-huh. And so... It doesn't require that much editing because, you know, we we kind of, yeah, we kind of time the conversation. We know how long it can go Uh until we have enough, and then we try to stop. So we don't cut that much out. Okay, Okay. interesting. Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with Matthew Faraci. He's the host of the show Frankly Faraci, which is a new original series on the Dove Channel featuring inspirational interviews with celebrities. So now what about this show? What have you learned from it? What has surprised you about doing these interviews? Every single interview that we did, something unexpected came out. When you look at Harry Connick Jr., I did not understand the degree to which his faith is the driving force in his life. Hmm. To him, it's everything. It's the first thing he thinks about when he gets up in the morning. It's the last thing he thinks about when he goes to bed at night. And when I asked Ron Johnson about, did he and Steve Jobs ever talk about faith? That shocked me, you know? When I heard the stories Adam Wainwright told about providing clean drinking water to people in Haiti that were drinking from mud puddles. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, Candace Cameron and I talked about, she's somebody who has to explain Hollywood to Christians and Christians to Hollywood. And I've noticed that people are really hard on her. Like, a lot of people in the faith community, they expect her to be perfect. Uh And I asked her about that. You know, you've got a lot of haters out there. How do you handle it? And she gave an amazing answer. So I'm just asking people questions I've always wanted to know. And I'm assuming if I want to know it, you want to know it. Then somebody else does too, right. Uh Matthew, we want to thank you for joining the show. It's great to hear about the new season of Frankly. And you'll have to come back and let us know about your next project. 
Well, I just have to say, you guys are so fun. The idea of a show with three singing sisters, I mean, I do tons of interviews all the time, and, like, you guys are the most... You guys are so fun. I mean, it's amazing. We have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. And I'm such a fan. I love how unusual and unorthodox your approach is. That's so refreshing. Well, awesome. we've always tried to do things the way we like to do them. And what could be better than doing it with your family? So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, take care. Thanks, Matthew. Bye. That's Matthew Faraci. His show, Frankly Faraci, is a new original series on the Dev Channel. Check it out, devchannel.com. It features inspirational interviews with celebrities. Be right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with legendary rock and roll British photographer, Mick Rock. So keep hanging out right here with your radio sisters. Music, arts, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, Lou Reed was an iconic musician, songwriter, artist, and poet. From Velvet Underground to his solo career, Lou embodied rock and roll genius, culminating in two Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Now, in 2013, he collaborated with legendary photographer Mick Rock, and the book they produced, Transformer, is now being relaunched to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the Transformer album. Now, Mick was there with Lou every step of the way, and he's here with you now to give you a behind-the-scenes view on the book and how you can get your hands on this limited edition tome. Welcome, welcome to the show, Mick Rock. Oh, I wish I could sing back so prettily. <laughs> you are known as the photographer who captured the 70s. You were David Bowie's photographer. So before we talk about Transformer, give us a little bit of insight into what it was like being there with your camera in hand. What informed your photographs? I think partly it was the times we lived in, partly it was the fact that we were all very young, because all this stuff went on in that summer of 72, and, and most of it revolved around David. Okay. And, of course, he produced all the young dudes for Mott the Hoople, which put mm-hmm. them on the map. Now, and you were not a trained photographer, is that right? I actually was studying modern languages and literature okay. at Cambridge University, mm. but I took LSD. Okay. And that changed everything. So that informed your photographs. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, if you've got if you've got nothing to do for ninety three minutes, you might want to go on pay per view and check out Shot. Okay. S H O T exclamation mark, which is a ninety three minute documentary that Vice made about me. It'll give you all kinds of information, including about Lou including about David, but including about all the other characters. Okay, okay. now let's talk about the book Transformer. Now, it's been re-released. Originally came out in 2013. It's published by Genesis Publications. Did Genesis approach you? We have been talking. They had wanted to do this book for quite a while. Okay. But we finally got down to business in 2012. Okay, so then how did you go about putting it together? What was the process? The first stage was I went through thousands of pictures of Lou, and it took some time. Then I made a selection for Genesis to review and for Lou to review. This book, this reissue, now it has some additional things added to it. Yes. For starters, Lou had only co 
designed, I think, about 550. Okay. I mean, it was the addition of 2,000. And they had pretty much gone by the time he died. That's why we suspended that and the fact of his death. That's right. why we suspended publication. Built around a conversation between myself and Lou. So a lot of the book is the photos and then me and Lou talking about them and the times and the characters and the circumstances. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. With you today, photographer Mick Rock talking about the reissue of the book, Transformer, about Lou Reed. So now for our listeners, the way that you knew Lou Reed, what is one thing that you could tell our listeners that they might be surprised about? Oh, his love for small dogs. And there's some in the book. Really? Yes. Okay. What's one thing about David Bowie that our listeners might be surprised about? David was a very sweet person. He he treated everyone the same. If you were president of a record label or a cab driver, David was polite to everybody. Mm. One of those rare individuals who had everything except for they couldn't save him at the end. Yeah. That was very sad. Right. Now, I can imagine the creative energy around at this time had to be so tangible. Just describe the energy. When you're young and you're in the middle of things and you're just doing what you're doing because you want to do it and everybody else is happy for you to do it, it's hard to describe it. I mean, I was in that bubble from an early age. And you probably didn't even know what you were a part of at that point. No, I don't think any of us really did. I don't think one could know how significant right culturally not just music but culturally that whole period that whole glammy punky Mm -hmm. thing would turn out to be but especially with david lou and of course iggy pop Uh who's still going strong god bless him in fact i'm going to do a new art project with iggy based on my raw power pictures and i've shot him over the years that what i always used to call the terrible trio that vortex the way they all three of them uh, affected the sensibilities, especially of creative people. Right. I think that's a significant part of it. So now when you look back from this perspective, ah, how do you... You mean from my ancient day, from these ancient <laughs> days? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> now when you do look back, you know, what do you think about that time? I can't really even look at it like that. I just deal with it. Right. People always wanted books and prints and exhibitions. I mean, I do so much of that, one might think that I only shot in the 70s, and that that justified the man who shot the 70s tag. Uh But the fact is, I just shot a big fashion campaign for Gucci. And I shot Mark Ronson recently, and Janelle Monet. And back in those days, everybody wanted to be a guitar player. Uh Not, Not many people particularly wanted to be a photographer. Nowadays, of course, everybody wants to be a photographer and can be a photographer. When I go out to hang out, see some people, I don't go out with a camera. I go out with my phone. Okay. Just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh So now, you know, we're songwriters, and I know when we write a good song, you kind of get a feeling like you're getting close and you get like this creativity feeling. You've got to smell it, can't you? Yes. So a certain odor arises. Right. And you go, mm, so is that what happens good. to you when you know you're going to get a good photo? Well, I have to get the photograph to get the smell. I don't okay. know it. So Although I, it depends it. how I'm shooting. Okay. I mean, mostly nowadays 
you know, I do setup stuff. You know, it's not so much on the wing. It's a different time. Back in those days, I was often the only photographer around. Nowadays, everybody is a photographer and everybody has a phone and anything that goes on is photographed by loads of people. Mm -hmm. But back then, I'd probably be the only photographer there. So that's why people often say, how come you got the best pictures of that period, Mick? And I have to answer, well, guess what? If I hadn't got them, there wouldn't be any, because right. I was the only you one the around. Only one there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, the Internet is, 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 yes, the sonic factor is very important, but really it's a visual mm-hmm. thing. It is. Above all else. Uh-huh. And uh, whereas back then, photography was really just an adjunct to the music. You got stoned. You'd lay around, listen to the music, and imagine what you want. You know, right, right. Today, all the work's done for uh-huh. you. Okay, so now where can people learn more about you, Mick, and the book? Go to MickRock.com, and you'll find all kinds of stuff there, not just the obvious and not just the stuff I'm best known for. Well, it has been absolutely awesome to get your take on the book, and we'll have and to catch up down the road. No doubt about it. All Thank right. you, ladies. Thanks, Mick. That's photographer Mick Rock talking about the book that celebrates the 45th anniversary of the Lou Reed album Transformer. The book is called Transformer. When we come back, you'll meet two singer-songwriters, Dan Rogers and Becca Bramlett. And they've got something new for your holiday. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. We'll need a new version of a rockin' holiday song to add to your playlist this season. You need to check out Run Run Rudolph with Dan Rogers and Becca Bramlett. Now, Dan is here to tell you all about the recording of the song and where you can get your hands on it. Welcome, welcome to the show, Dan Rogers. I love it. I've never had anybody sing me on the radio before. Awesome. (laughs) I love that. Glad to be the first. Okay, now this is a rockin' version of Run Run Rudolph. So, first of all, what got you together with Becca Bramlett? Because you guys kill the vocals. Oh, thanks. Well, I've known her since she was a kid because her mom and dad have been friends of mine. Delaney and Bonnie did the background vocals on my first album, Hearts Under Fire. When I got ready to do this new album that's coming out in 18, I called Bonnie and uh, asked her to do it. She said, I don't do that anymore. And I said, come on, Bonnie, it's me. And she said, okay, you're family for you, I'll do it. And so she got Becca and Tata Vega, I brought her in on it. So I have the most premier singers doing the background vocals okay. and I said you want to do this Christmas record with me and she said sure so we just did Run Run Rudolph tribute to Chuck Mary. listening to the song it sounds like you guys just had a lot of fun recording this so don't disappoint me and tell me it wasn't fun <laughs> oh well you know how it is we had so much fun no, it was a blast and Beck, Beck is amazing yeah we had a ball did you put up any <laughs> holiday Christmas stuff in the studio to get you in the mood I wore a Santa's hat while I was okay, that's good. as you scene. should uh-huh. let's talk a little bit about your upcoming solo album now you wrote your first hit when you were 15 and you've written hits for Kenny Rogers Glenn Campbell Johnny Nash Dottie West you've had quite a solo career as well now where is the music in 2018 taking you 
You know, this album is called Unfinished Business, and I was hesitant to use that title because it's a phrase that's used often and means many things, but I had to use it because 30 years ago, I kind of walked away from the music industry. This album is really some unfinished business. I came back to finish what I had started before I walked away from the industry and put my first single out this year, and the record shot straight up to number one. The song called It's Just One of Those Days. Yeah, so this is really some unfinished business for me, this album. And it's, you know, God let me know right quick he wasn't through with me. It's, I wrote a book called Love, Laughter, and Rage, and it's, the story's all in the book. The whole journey has been pretty amazing. Uh-huh. Get to work with some of my favorite artists to join me on this record. And, and the music was uh, the result of me doing a 40-day fast and writing all this new music. And I feel like God's right in the center of it all. Wow, And awesome. uh, the music is speaking for itself. That's great. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show in the middle of your weekend with singer-songwriter Dan Rogers. And right now joining the conversation is his partner on this latest album and the holiday single, Run Run Rudolph, Becca Bramlett. We were just talking about Run Run Rudolph and listening to it, it sounds like you and Dan just had a lot of fun in the studio. So I just want to get your perspective on recording Run Run Rudolph. Oh, my gosh. Dan, he's crazy like me and a child forever like me. So how can we not have fun doing Run Run Rudolph? And he's so rock and roll. I mean, come on. That's one of the funnest Christmas songs ever written, in my opinion. Yeah. It was so freaking fun, and we had a ball doing it. You can hear that we had a ball doing it. Yeah, it's all over it. Totally came across. Becca, you toured with Fleetwood Mac basically doing the, the Stevie Nicks role. What was that like? I was with Mick Fleetwood for seven years. Okay. So I did um, The Zoo, which is his hiatus band, when, you know, somebody's getting themselves together and doesn't want to work. And <laughs> when Stevie officially quit, it was after the um, inauguration ball uh, for President Clinton when they did the Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow campaign. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And that night, she officially quit to take care of herself for a little bit physically and mentally and spiritually and so when she did that, when she said, okay, this is it, he called me the very next day and said, would you please be our lead singer of Fleetwood Mac? And now I didn't take over Stevie's role because there's no replacing Stevie. I didn't sing her signature songs because, well, I don't want tomatoes thrown at me because in America, Stevie <laughs> is the best right. entity yeah. of, you know, uh-huh. of, of Fleetwood Mac, right? But we went and had a ball. Okay. It was amazing. Got to ask you and Dan, Will there be a collaboration on a holiday album down the road? Any chance to work with Becca uh, and her mom, I'll jump at it because we are family. And so any chance to work with them. It would be so fun, Dan. I know. We need to do that over the next year when we both have time. We're both super, super busy. I bet. Why not? I think we should make it a family affair. Okay, well, we want to thank you guys for joining the show. And Dan, when the new album is out, we'd love to have you back on. And Becca, your next project, we'd love to talk to you about it, too. And then next year around this time, you guys can come back and promote your uh, collaborative holiday album, right? (laughs) Yes, and dig this. Let me say one thing. You're going to really, really be inspired by this man's record. This record is one of the finest groups of songs that matter and inspire and everybody is loving it and i know you're gonna too awesome and guys thanks so much for uh, spending time with us on the mulberry lane show thank you you, ladies dan rogers and becca bramlett 
Check out their rendition of Run Run Rudolph, and we'll keep you posted when Dan Rogers' album drops next year. Out of all the reindeers, you know who the mastermind. Run Run Rudolph ran no way too far behind. All right, Becca and Dan, thanks for joining us on the Mulberry Lake Show today and bringing some holiday cheer. Who else do we need to thank, sisters? Okay, well, definitely a big shout out to Jeff Timmons of 98 Degrees. Jeff, thanks for stopping by the show, for bringing the soulful harmonies and the new holiday album, Let It Snow. Definitely a key Christmas album for your playlist this year. Thanks, Jeff. All right, who else, Rachel? Then, guys, it's a big panoramic thank you to legendary photographer Mick Rock. Don't forget to check out Genesis Publications' commemorative edition of Transformer by Lou Reed and Mick Rock. Mick, thanks for bringing your rock and roll perspective to the show today. All right. And finally, big hugs to Matthew Faraci with his second season of Frankly Faraci on the Dove Channel. This show highlights the upside of Hollywood with stories of faith and family. And Matthew, thanks for bringing those stories to our show today, especially at the start of the holiday season of giving. Well, guys, closing out the first December issue of the Mulberry Lane Show for 2017. Make sure you join us same time, same place, same stage next weekend yes keep it right here with your radio sisters where you're meant to be both stay happy and stay blessed Allie don't forget to be awesome Rachel that's a wrap well way up north where the air gets cold there's a